Hello, and welcome to the Beyond Borders podcast, the podcast that explores topics related to international trade. This podcast is brought to you by Buckland. For over 70 years, Buckland has been working to help companies across the world experience global trade in a better way. As a customer-focused company, we provide you with a single source of unmatched customs brokerage, trade-managed solutions, freight forwarding, trade technologies, and warehousing and distribution services. I'm your host, Jenny Kaus, Marketing Coordinator at Buckland, and today I have the privilege of speaking with our guest, Karina Huddy. Karina is the Customer Experience Manager at Buckland and holds her Certified Customs Specialist designation in both Canada and the U.S., as well as her IDESA in Mexico. Karina graduated from the University of Nuevo Leon and has worked in international trade in Mexico and Canada. Karina has been the manager of Canadian operations for Buckland and is now the customer experience manager and has been with Buckland for about two years. Welcome to the podcast, Karina. Thank you for having me, Jenny. On today's podcast, we're going to be discussing INCO terms. We will be covering the basics. What are INCO terms? What are they used for? Uh, What are some of the most commonly used ones? How often are they updated? Common mistakes? And we're also going to give you some great resources that you can take away as well. So let's start with the basics on this. What are IncoTerms? What does IncoTerms mean? Well, Jenny, IncoTerms are a set of international trade term conditions that are designed to assist traders when goods are sold and transported. They're published by the International Chamber of Commerce, and they're used to reduce or remove uncertainties that arise from different interpretations of the rules by providing us with rules and guidance to importers, exporters, and lawyers. Great. So how do they? How are they formally used, um, like in practical application? When are they used? They're incorporated into a sales contract, and the purpose of that is to detail the responsibility for services such as transport, import, and export clearances that would take place in a transaction. They also align where the risk transfers from the seller to the buyer and helps us understand where responsibility lies in the event of a loss or a damage or any other mishap. Great. So I understand it's 11 rules divided into two main groups. Is that correct? That is correct. The IncoTerms are divided into 11 IncoTerms rules that can be categorized in two groups. The first one applies to any transport mode, and the second one is only for sea and inland waterway. These two groups are further broken down depending on how responsibility and risk is allocated and can be divided into four groups. The first two, the responsibility falls on the buyer, where it can be responsible for all carriage or arranging only the main carriage. The other two, the responsibility falls on the seller, where the seller arranges the main carriage, but the risk passes after the main carriage is arranged, or the seller arranges the main carriage, but the risk passes before the main carriage is arranged. Great, so the the set of rules makes it so that there is an agreed on set of terms so that everybody knows exactly, no matter where things are in transit, whose responsibility it is for this cargo. Not only whose, but when. When the responsibility and the risk 
are transferred to who. Great. So I can see for the International Chamber of Commerce why this is so great to have this apply because it wouldn't make sense to have it for just one country because this is crossing through different countries and areas. So it's good to have this set of international rules. Exactly. Well, that's great. So that kind of gives us a high level of what they are, why they're used. And I'm wondering if we might be able to walk through uh, some of the more common ones. So this is one that I have heard, and you'll see it on the INCO term sheet as DDP. And that stands for Delivered Duty Paid and Named Place of Destination. Can you walk us through that one, DDP? Absolutely. This INCO term gives the seller the maximum obligation because they are responsible for arranging the carriage and delivering the goods at a named place in the country for importation. But they're also responsible for any clearance and applicable duties and taxes at the destination country. The risk is transferred from the seller to the buyer when the goods are made available to the buyer, ready for unloading from the arriving conveyance into the country of importation. <clears throat> this term can be problematic for the seller because the import clearing procedures are complex at the destination country and often they don't allow for foreign importers to become the importer of record. Oh, okay, well, that's good to know. Next one I've noticed here is EXW, that's the acronym, and I understand it stands for XWorks. Can you explain that one? That is correct. And opposite to DDP, this puts the responsibility mainly on the seller. The seller, has to make the goods available at a specified place, usually the seller's factory. The buyer is responsible for loading the goods onto a vessel. All export procedures, all onward transports, and all costs arising after collection of goods are the responsibility of the buyer. Although the seller is not obliged to loading the goods, if the seller does, it is still at the buyer's risk. Oh, okay. The next one, FAS, free alongside ship. This is not a very common Inca term, but is often used for goods that are transported by sea or air or inland waterway. The seller delivers the goods, they're clear for export along the side of the vessel at a named port, and it is then when the risk transfers to the buyer. The buyer is responsible for loading the goods and any other costs afterwards. Okay. CIF. That is cost insurance freight. How about that one? This income term is restricted to goods that are transported by sea or inland waterway, where the seller has to arrange and pay for the transportation to a named port. In addition to that, they deliver the goods, they clear for export, they load it on board the vessel, and the risk is transferred from the seller to the buyer once the goods have been loaded on board. However, the seller has to arrange and pay for the insurance for the goods to be at the name port. I'm just after reading these couple, I'm really understanding why there's a need for all of these categorizations. These are so many different potential scenarios that can happen. So this is this is great. I'm glad that we're getting clear on this. The next one is FOB. That is one I have definitely heard. Free on board. Yes, this is one of the most common used. And they're restricted to goods transported by sea or inland as well. The seller delivers the goods, they clear them for export, they load them on board the vessel at the name port, and once the goods are loaded, the risk transfers to the buyer, 
who then has to bear any cost afterwards. Okay. So we've kind of walked through some of the more common ones, but there are many more than this, correct? And uh, this is something that these, you know, we're walking through these, and this isn't something that people have to memorize. There are great references. You can check the Buckland website. If you uh, go to buckland.com and click on learning guides, you will see that there is an IncoTerms uh, reference that you can download, you can keep a digital copy of, you can print out and have at your desk uh, to refer to. And it's a two-page document that outlines all of these acronyms and it has a chart that indicates where the responsibility is as you walk through the process. So you, this isn't something that as we're talking to it that you need to take notes or remember any of this. There is a reference page that we have that you can download from the Buckland Learning Guides page. So please do go check that out and uh, download your copy so that you can have this reference and, uh, and check that out as you're doing your shipments. And what is really great about this, Jenny, is that when you're negotiating terms of a contract, you don't have to speak the language of the other country. Mm. These are universal terms that once they're agreed upon, everybody knows what the responsibility is and where the risk lays. Great. Well, that is excellent. Um, so the thing that you'll notice when you go to, because I everybody who's listening to this, I hope they're going right to the website and downloading this, you will notice that it says Inco Terms 2010. And you might think upon first look, wow, this is eight years old. Come on, Buckland. <laughs> but what you need to know is the most recent revision took place in 2010. So that leads us into talking about kind of how often are these updated? Because I understand like they've been around for a long time. Um, but Karina, can you speak to how often they're updated? You are correct. They're not very often updated. Um, in fact, the most recent revision that we have published in our website was from 2010, and it came into effect in January 2011. The next version that they have planned is for 2020. So we can see they would most likely start publishing something for 2019 with an effective date of 2020. Okay, so they do this kind of once a decade, look at these and, and make some updates. And from what I understand, it's never really huge updates. It's minor tweaks here and there. That's correct. Great. So when people are referring to INCO terms, what are some of the common mistakes that happen that people should look out for? That's a great question because when there's a lack of understanding from the parties at the time they're negotiating INCO terms, it can lead to additional costs or unnecessary risk on the move. Um, I would say some of the most common mistakes that people make are using sea and inland waterway rules for containerized shipment. Oh, okay. Another one could be when they're not very clear on the porter place of delivery. So they mm -hmm. have an INCO term set, but they fail to write down what port that's going to go to. Nice. Um, another common mistake that we see is that the seller is not familiar with an import process of another country. Ah. So they commit to something that they don't know how to do. Um, and another one is the insurance, where neither party understands the amount of insurance required, especially okay. for CIF. Great. Thank you. I think that gives us a great overall understanding of what INCO terms are and how they're used, some of the basics. And I, I would encourage people before, you know, when you're negotiating uh, terms, 
please feel free to reach out to us if you do have questions about this through the contact us page on our website please feel free to to reach out and uh, ask for advice on this if you have any questions and and once again I encourage listeners to go to the Buckland website under learning guides and download your copy of the Incoterms learning guide so that you have that reference at your fingertips to know all of the different terms. Karina, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today about Incoterms and sharing your knowledge on this. I really appreciate your time and expertise. Thank you for having me. That's the Beyond Borders podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to our guest, Karina, for joining us and for sharing all of your wisdom on this subject. If you are looking for resources related to international trade, including our Incoterms reference chart, please visit buckland.com and click on the learning guide section for downloadable resources, including Incoterms, tips for avoiding border delays, things to keep in mind when choosing a broker, and so much more. Also, be sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter through our website to receive a weekly roundup of the latest trade news delivered right to your inbox. Please feel free to reach out to us through our website's Contact Us page, through Twitter, where our handle is at Buckland Tweets, or through LinkedIn. Thank you so much for listening to the Beyond Borders podcast, and be sure to tune in again and subscribe for more great conversations about importing, exporting, and everything else in the world of logistics and international trade.